Planning is an essential habit for every Christian. How do we plan? How do we make a habit of planning, but doing it with an open hand and trusting all of it to the Lord? God wants you to plan, but he wants you to entrust your plans to him. Well, welcome. We are in a series here, uh, a season, as it were, of the podcast. We're talking about the essential habits of the productive Christian. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the habit of planning. So previous episodes, we've talked about prayer so far. And in the first one in this series, we talked about habits in general. What makes something a habit? What does scripture have to say about habits? And how does a Christian get rid of bad habits and get new ones and actually stick with them. And there actually is a lot that the Bible says about it. Listen to that first episode in this series if you haven't yet and you're wondering more about how habits work. Now, we're talking about planning. We talked about prayer last time. And so this might seem like, well, what does this have to do with Christians? What does planning have to do with, how can you say that's an essential habit for a Christian? Well, allow me to explain. So here's what I see happening. I think that many believers sort of flit through life without any sort of a plan. I think we do this for a couple of reasons. I think one is sometimes we might view planning as sort of unspiritual. Like if God wants to do something, it's going to happen. And I don't know, maybe it's more feelings based. And so we kind of think of, of a plan as being too cold, too calculating, too unspiritual in some way. I also think some of us have a wrong view about ambition. We think, well, if I'm striving for something, if I'm making a plan, isn't that bad? Isn't that vain ambition? The Bible doesn't condemn ambition. It condemns selfish ambition and vain conceit. And when we're pursuing things for our own sake, planning, as we'll see, is not condemned by the Bible. It actually is encouraged. I think that a lot of the problems we face, a lot of times the reason that we feel that we aren't growing in our relationship with Christ or in uh, the projects or the endeavors that we're undertaking, it's a lot of times due to us not making a habit of planning. So why is planning an essential habit? Well, planning is essential because planning is how we guarantee that we're making spiritual progress in using the means of grace God has put in front of us. So I talked about prayer last week and kind of making a schedule free prayer. We're going to talk about other spiritual disciplines in future episodes, like uh, scripture memorization, things like that. But the way you're going to make progress in those things, those means by which God grows us is by planning, making them habitual. And so planning ensures that you are making progress in all areas of life. You know, as they say, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And so if you feel kind of stalled out, if you feel like you're in a state of arrested development, whether that be with your spiritual life or other areas, maybe, just maybe, it's because you haven't made a plan. So planning is essential for those reasons, but planning is a habit. And sometimes people don't think about it this way, right? Like, uh, I think for a long, long time, I viewed planning and habits as sort of these different spheres of personal productivity, right? Planning is like, I'm setting my smart goals. I'm, you know, doing project management type activities. I'm setting my activities and scheduling them for the week. That's planning. Habits are the things that I, you know, just do. Maybe I want to form a new habit and stuff, but you don't plan for a habit. You just kind of do it. I think that thinking's wrong though. I think that in a lot of ways, planning is a habit and habits are 
things that need to be planned. <laughs> we'll talk about more of this at the end of the episode. But the point is becoming a person who makes a habit out of making plans is important. So we all kind of plan once in a while, you know, maybe it's for a vacation, you, you plan, okay, where are we going to go? Where are we going to stay? What are the activities we're going to do? We maybe make a packing list, you know, check it off. What do I need to bring there? Uh, so we plan for those things. We plan for big parties. We plan for big projects, large things. We make a plan and we try to get there. But I think if we were to become more habitual in planning, we would spend more time making a habit of daily planning, daily thinking ahead about our days and about our weeks and about our big plans too. And planning really should be a habit you practice every day. And it's just simply looking ahead, striving for a particular outcome and entrusting those plans to God. And so that I think is kind of the big difference maker between how a Christian plans and how somebody who is not a Christian or a Christian who's not acting like a Christian plans is where we just kind of say, I'm going to do this thing. And God's over here and we just forget about him and don't ask for his help. Don't ask for his will. Don't ask for his wisdom. And those plans may succeed or fail. But ultimately, if you didn't entrust it to God and it did succeed, it failed anyway. Planning is an essential habit. I think every Christian should practice it. That's because there are certain benefits to being a person who plans. There are benefits to being a planner. I remember one time, um, it was a few years ago, and I was, we were driving, my wife and I, and I kind of had this epiphany. I was just thinking about life in general, as one is wont to do, philosophizing and talking my, my wife's ear off as I do. And I was talking about how, you know, you could, if you just like were a, a, a fastidious planner in your life, it solves like most of your problems you run into. Like financial problems usually come because you didn't plan ahead well. Obviously, you know, we all have financial disasters, but in a lot of ways, if we just thought more about savings, thought more about investments, thought more about giving, things like that, we we would be in a better position. The same way with like, you know, a lot of times we need to make emergency purchases because we didn't think far enough in advance. And so because of that, and because of the urgency of it, we spend more than we should have than if we had shopped around, we'd bought ourselves time, we had planned better. And I, I just, I don't know. I see in every area of life that things can be made far better for us if we just think ahead. And I really do think that in a lot of ways, that's that's the heart of wisdom. The heart of wisdom, uh, it, it gathers in the harvest time so that there are supplies for the winter. The heart of wisdom looks ahead at what is coming and what may come, and it plans accordingly. When you read the Proverbs, so many of them are about just putting yourself into a position where you are not exposed to temptation, right? Maybe through adultery or, or other things like that. Or you're too short-sighted, and so you put yourself into a financially precarious situation as well, right? There's things about debt and the risks associated with that, co-signing on loans. Anyway, I'm getting far too into the weeds on this. My point is that generally wisdom is a matter of thinking ahead and planning. And so I think that our lives will be vastly improved. Our walk with the Lord will be vastly improved if we became people who kind of were always looking a little bit further down the road and making plans accordingly. And so some of the benefits of planning is planning allows you to put your head down and confidently do the work 
in front of you. You can get into this kind of, at least I do this, you get into this kind of situation where you're always kind of wondering if the thing that you're working on is the best thing to be working on. I don't know if you have this. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of a psycho when it comes to like productivity stuff. So I'm always like, is this really the best use of my time? And you know, I get a little neurotic about it and you shouldn't, but I do. But what I found is that when I have a very specific plan and I kind of know the steps and I've set them in advance when my mind is sort of in planning mode, it affords me this level of focus on the actual work itself that's just like really awesome, really good, deep work (laughs) effect because I'm not thinking about, is this the best next thing to do? Because I'm not really thinking about the next thing to do because I already thought about the next thing to do. And when I finish the thing I'm working on, the next thing's already planned out for me because I wrote it down in advance. Uh, Let me put some, uh, let me put an illustration on it. Let me slap an illustration on it. I had a dream. That's right. Dreams and visions, folks. Now, I had a dream. Oh, I don't know. This might have been a year ago, but it was definitely months ago. And it was a school dream. Have I talked about this on this podcast before? I don't know if I have. If I have, forgive me. But I had a dream about being back in seminary. Now, seminary was hard. (laughs) There was a lot of assignments for a lot of different classes. And it was definitely way too much work for a person to undertake, especially while they're working or have a family, but you get through. And uh, really, my interest in personal productivity blossomed while I was in seminary because it was just uh, something I had to cling to by necessity. I had to make a plan for every semester. But anyway, back to my dreams. I had a dream not that long ago that I was back in school and I was using my planning software to plan out everything I would do each week for the semester. (laughs) And what was funny is this was not a nightmare. It was not a bad dream. It was a very comforting, peaceful dream because it was orderly. And I think I was having that dream because in my real life, everything was kind of chaotic. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what was coming next. And I felt very uh, much like I was wandering in the fog. I didn't know what the next thing to do was. One of the things I enjoyed about school was you have these clearly defined plans. Someone else is telling you, here's the assignment. Here's when it's due. And then all your job is to work backwards from that and figure out, okay, well, what do I need to get done in order to make sure that that thing gets turned in on time and is quality? And so you can kind of work in reverse, get it all set up, put a plan in your little task tracking software, and everything gets done on time if you just do the work that you know you need to do each day. I love that. And that was really the thing that I was like, whoa, personal productivity, planning, like this is incredible. It's really nice because you don't have to worry about, well, is that, when's that thing coming to any of that? You already decided in advance. Does that make sense? So I think it's particularly helpful for people who are in school to decide in advance what you're going to do, when you're going to do it and work through it. Put your head down when it's time to work and do all the things you planned and have confidence that you will get where you need to go if you follow that plan. I had the same effect, I think, when I was doing the uh, the morning routines course that I released recently, uh, Power Mornings. I'll tell you a little bit more about it at the end of this episode. When I was doing that, it was like, okay, I had set a deadline for myself about when I wanted to have that finished. I knew I needed to, what I needed to do on each lesson, each video, when I needed to finish the scripts for it, when I needed to finish recording it, when I needed to finish editing, all of that. And it was all laid out. And so when I'd come down and sit down in this chair that I'm in right now, I knew exactly what I needed to do each day. And it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. 
because it allows you to focus on the work at hand when you have a plan and not constantly be wondering, is this the best thing to be doing? I think a lot of people don't realize that they need to be planning until they're juggling too many things and they start to see themselves dropping some of the balls. If you can get out ahead of that, even if your life isn't super busy, even if you're not already in that position, start planning now and you'll realize how much more time you really have and how much more effective and efficient you can be with the time that you have to complete the things that you need to get done. All it takes is a plan. Second, uh, another benefit of planning, besides it allowing you to focus on the work at hand, is it's good stewardship. Planning is good stewardship. We see this financially. I kind of alluded to this earlier. Financial planning, specifically even with giving. So when we talk about stewardship financial, that happens we're talking about giving, but I think it encompasses all of that. Second Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So here you have the, you know, the classic New Testament verse about giving to the local church. It doesn't tell you to give 10%. It doesn't tell you anything specific. It says each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. You don't wait until the offering plate is being passed and the, <laughs> the usher has his, his hand on your shoulder squeezing down and you're like, I guess I got to give him a $50 bill. You're not doing it under compulsion. You're not doing it reluctantly because you've decided in advance. You've planned for it. And you know that uh, it, it it is how much you should be giving because you've done it prayerfully. And you know that it's not, you know, means that your family can't eat that week. Stewardship outside of finances, that's a big emphasis I have on this, this podcast. I believe stewardship, even though in the parable of the talents, it's about money. It's really the parables to be applied to all of life. So when we talk about stewardship, we should also talk about time stewardship. And we should be planning our time. Time management is just time stewardship. Will you invest your time in whatever comes along? Or will you plan ahead and put the best hours of your day into the highest leverage activities? If you want to rise above the tyranny of the urgent, you need to not just sort your priorities out. You need to sort out a plan. You need to decide in advance what you're going to work on. Planning allows you to be a better steward of your time. And last benefit of planning that I'll give you is planning honors God. It really does. It's not, I'll talk about this more in just a second. It is not a, an act of self-reliance or self-focus or anything like that to say, oh, look at me, I'm planning my day. That must mean that I am, I don't trust God's stewardship or <laughs> that I don't trust God's sovereignty. No, that's not what it means. When you plan, you're honoring God because what you're doing is you're committing to use the resources that he's entrusted you with in a way that glorifies him instead of being carried along by your feelings or by the urgencies of the moment. We're determining in advance that his priorities are going to be our priorities. That's what planning is for a Christian. It's deciding in advance how you're going to use your resources in the way that best honors God in accordance with the priorities before you face the pressures that tend to make you not do those things that are in line with God's priorities. Now I'd like to pause and thank the supporters of this show. Redeeming Productivity is supported by people like you. Sort of like PBS, but way lower quality. So if you're benefiting from these resources and would like to help support the work of creating videos, articles, a weekly newsletter, and this podcast, 
consider becoming a supporter of Redeeming Productivity on Patreon. It's my mission to create biblically sound resources to help Christians get more done with their lives for God's glory. Patreon supporters make this show possible, and they also receive special perks like early releases of new episodes, access to an exclusive Discord server of like-minded believers, as well as physical goodies like Redeeming Productivity stickers and notebooks. So if you're interested in supporting Redeeming Productivity, head on over to patreon.com slash redeemingprod to learn more. There's also a link in the show notes, as well as information on how to give a one-time gift if that's more your jam. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. Next, let's talk about some of the pitfalls of planning. Um, there are there are problems that can come with planning. One of those is over planning, and I have definitely been guilty of this myself. Uh, when you over plan, that's where you basically crowd out all of the margin in your life, all of the slack that you have where life's natural interruptions can't creep in. So if you overplan, you can eliminate opportunities for providential conversations to come in, gospel opportunities, um, because you're just too busy. You got to keep, you know, you got to speed walk past the guy who is like, hey, uh, excuse me, sir. Do you know how I can become a Christian? No time for that. I'm on my way to church. Right. That would be a problem because you time blocked out everything so perfectly. So overplanning can be a problem because of that. It can also be a problem because it's unrealistic. Look, I'm a big uh, advocate of time blocking where you you put on your calendar and you say from like two o'clock to four o'clock, I'm going to work on this thing. But if you try to fill up your whole calendar for the day that way and don't leave any margin in between there, you're not being realistic. You're over planning and you're setting yourself up for disaster because those perfect plans will get interrupted if you try to do that with your whole day. So the first pitfall of planning, I think, is over planning. But the other one is arrogant planning. And this indeed is what the Bible warns us against. There is a way in which you can plan your time and plan your day and plan how you're going to use your resources and plan your projects and plan whatever it is that's actually arrogant and not pleasing to God. And this we have to watch out for. There's nothing wrong with planning in and of itself about looking ahead, about making plans, but the way in which we do it can be wrong. Again, the Bible doesn't condemn ambition. It doesn't condemn someone who says, I want to grow this church or I want to grow this company or I want to rise up in my my work so I can get a raise or things like that's okay to want those things. And in fact, I would argue that is um, part of the God-instilled uh, desire for dominion that God has given all of us, right? Back in um, Genesis 1, 28, right? Uh, he, he, he has made us to rule and to reign in, in whatever area he's put us in. Like there is a desire for us to overcome and to exercise dominion where we are. So that's a natural thing and not a bad thing, but like so many things, it become a bad thing when it becomes self-focused and it can actually become a sin. So that's when, when the Bible talks about selfish ambition. Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves, right? So if you in your planning are stepping on the backs of other people, you know, maybe it's work, you're trying to get a promotion. So you're throwing, throwing other people that you're competing with for it under the bus. 
that's a problem. Maybe you're, you're being selfishly ambitious in your church pastors um, by trying to grow the numbers so that you can brag at the next uh, pastoral breakfast. Watch out for that. Remember what happened when David tried to count um, people under his rulership? There is a problem with selfish ambition. But ambition itself can be very good. And we have examples of this too. Romans 15.20, the Apostle Paul says, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. Not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. So Paul had an ambition to expand the reach of the gospel, to take it places where where Christ had not been named. That is a holy and a righteous and a good ambition. And I would argue that it is exemplary of what would make for a good ambition. Even if your ambition is not a a directly gospel ambition, it can be good and right if the purpose of it ultimately is to bring glory to God. So you want to grow your church because you want more worshipers of your Savior. You want more people who are sitting under sound Bible teaching. That's a good reason. You shouldn't want to stay a small church out of some way of having false humility. Of course, Christ is going to grow your church as much as he wants it to. And so you shouldn't do gimmicks to try to get people in the door. But what I mean is you shouldn't You shouldn't want to deliberately stay small because you want as many people as possible in a good church. Same way with uh, you wanting to get a promotion at work or to grow your company, right? There's a a hard attitude in that that can be very good. I want to earn more money so I can give more to my church and so I can uh, provide for my family and provide an inheritance for my children, which are good things, by the way. But you shouldn't be doing that selfishly. You should do it because you want to glorify God, because you want to serve people, and you want to be generous. See? It's a heart thing. That's going to be the big difference. So when we plan arrogantly, part of that can be because we're doing it to be selfish. And so you're making plans for how you're you're scheming, really, for how you're going to grow these things or do this and this and this because you're doing it for yourself. But it's okay to have an orderly plan of attack, you know, for how you're going to get that promotion. What are you going to do? What, what are the things you're going to do to make your superiors at your company see that, man, this is a guy we can entrust with more, right? That's okay to plan that way. One thing we have to accept when it comes to planning is that ultimately we're not in control of the results. I think God does bless wisdom. We see that in the Bible. He does bless the people who plan and who are seeking to glorify him through their plans, through uh, their ambitions, but it's not a guarantee, and we have to accept this reality. Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. It doesn't say don't plan your way, but you have to accept the re- reality that it's the Lord who establishes your steps. It's the Lord who providentially is going to make you, you, you can plan out the staircase you want to walk up, but it's the Lord who's going to make you be able to plod up each one of those steps and not fall through them or tumble back down them. You have to plan with an open hand. You have to plan with an open hand. And, and that really is you know, James 4.15. You know, you, you shouldn't arrogantly say and boast that, you know, tomorrow we're going to go to such and such a town and trade and make profit and blah, blah, blah. It says in, in verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Again, planning is not condemned, but the attitude with which you plan. Always hold your plans with an open hand, but still plan. It's not wrong to plan. It's good to plan, but plan with an open hand and trust that God is sovereign. Uh, just some, let me leave you with kind of some basic next steps. Um, if you want to develop this habit of being a person who plans things, which I really think is something you should do, uh, 
you should consider this. Uh, here, here's where you start. First, begin by, by setting goals that align with your priorities. That's really the start. That's really the start. Is you need to set up goals that align with your priorities. Sanctification goals. <laughs> I almost hesitated to say that because is that allowed? Is that allowed? Are we allowed to say that I have goals in my own personal sanctification? I think so. I think we should be able to say that. that there, maybe you have a besetting sin, something you've been wrestling against. I want to set up as a goal how I'm going to murder that sin. I'm going to mortify it out of my life forever. I want to make a plan for that. I want to make a plan, specific steps. How am I going to do that? How am I going to take hold, not in my own power, but in God's power, of the things that, that tend towards me being able to overcome that sin? How am I going to break the habits around it? How am I going to make sure that I'm walking with the day, the Lord daily with prayer, like we talked about last week, with being in his word? What are, what are some, we're talking about scripture memorization, a future episode. What are some verses that I can use to fight that thing? John Piper, again, I keep quoting Piper, but Piper calls them fighter verses, remembering specific scripture that uh, speaks against a sin you're trying to mortify, right? Making a plan for your own sanctification. How am I going to mature in Christ? Where do I want to be? What are the, what are the habits I need to inculcate? inculcate, inculcate, is that the right word in myself so that I can become the type of person that I know that God wants me to be set goals in that, make a plan for that financial goals. Uh, you can set those too. Do you have a goal for how much you want to be giving to the church? Uh, how you can get that up to a place where, where you can be supporting more missionaries, where you can be supporting more efforts at your local church. That's okay to set those goals and then make a plan for how am I going to get that? How am I going to increase my income or decrease our spending so that we can do that? Savings goals for yourself, so you're studying your finances as well, investment goals, all that. Those are good things, but you're not going to get there without a plan. And then daily goals. These are the most immediate things. What can I do today that will get me one step closer to those far ranging objectives? How can I plan today so that I'm making progress on my long-term plans? And then lastly, habit plans. And this is really just, uh, goes right along with what we're, we're talking about in this season, which is forming habits. If you want to develop the habit of planning, you have to plan to develop habits that could go on like a bumper sticker, right? And it's kind of the way I phrase it, it sounds like a catch 22, but like I'd alluded to earlier, planning really is a habit. You have to become a person who habitually says, here is what I want. And instead of crossing your fingers, you're saying, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a way to get there. Eventually you say, how am I going to get there? Right? You make a plan for how you're going to get that thing that you want. And of course, the first step in that plan is committing it to the Lord, asking him, is that something that you want for me, et cetera, et cetera. But I really think that's the difference between a person who has the habit of planning and the person who doesn't is the person who's developed the habit of planning makes plans to get where he wants to go. And so if you want to develop spiritual disciplines in your life, if you want to develop better habits in general, you have to make a specific plan about how you're going to do those. And I really do believe that when you develop that habit of planning, that's when you really start seeing progress in every area of your life. Why? Well, because you can't really observe progress unless you know where you're going. You see what I mean? Like we use the word progress. Like if someone asks you, are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in the Lord? You have the, 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 really the full question is in comparison to what? Right? Are, are, you, are you consistently putting that sin to death in your life? 
well, I feel like I am. Do you feel like you are? Or have you made a plan for how you are going to make progress in that and how you're going to see the frequency of that diminish in your life? And, and you can actually look back and see, oh, I am making progress in that area. That's a different, that's different, right? And the only way you can actually know if you're making progress is not by a gut feeling. It's by knowing where you're going and having a plan to get there. That, then you can start measuring. So yes, planning is an essential habit for every Christian We shouldn't be deceived by notions that it's ungodly to plan ahead. And likewise, we shouldn't fall off the horse on the other side and be deceived into into becoming arrogant or confident in our plans that, oh, if I only plan well enough, then I'll succeed. Nope. Both of those are wrong. The, The issue at hand is how do we plan? How do we make a habit of planning, but doing it with an open hand and trusting all of it to the Lord? That's really the narrow way of planning for the Christian. Don't be deceived and becoming arrogant in it. And don't be deceived in becoming, uh, uh, thinking that planning is, is wrong or is always going to be arrogant. It's not. God wants you to plan, but he wants you to entrust your plans to him. Here's kind of my, my summary statement on this. We should plan well, we should work hard, and we should pray daily with the psalmist in Psalm 90. Lord, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That is how you plan with an open hand. You work hard, you plan well, but you're entrusting it all to God. If you can make a habit of becoming a person who plans, you will see unbelievable progress in your life. You'll see unbelievable change in your spiritual life and in all other areas because the habit of planning is an essential habit of the productive Christian. And if you want more help in this area, if you want kind of more specifics on how to cultivate this habit and other habits, I have developed a course on morning routines for productive Christians. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit more about that. Power Mornings is an online course that takes you by the digital hand and guides you through the process step by step of how to make a Christ-honoring morning routine that actually works and that you'll actually stick with. In Power Mornings, you get video instruction from me as well as a workbook which will guide you through the process of coming up with a Christ-honoring morning routine that doesn't sacrifice sleep, includes a time for studying the Bible each morning, plan for how to pray every day, exercise, and even the basics for how to take five minutes each morning to plan the day ahead. The result of all this is you are going to have the habits in place that are going to keep you on track to becoming more and more the person that God wants you to be. You're going to have a greater sense of peace in your life because you're going to be walking with the Lord each day and you're going to be staying on top of your commitments. So if you're feeling stuck or you just want to supercharge your growth, check out Power Mornings. It's the morning routine for productive Christians. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that the Lord uses it in your life to help you become a more faithful steward of the resources God has given you. I will see you in the next episode. But until I do, please remember this. In whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.